Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offensive Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson takes it himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. Podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Wire. I'm your host, Blake Little. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan. Yes, back here on the podcast. Uh, had some uh, scheduling stuff last week, and uh, Dylan, we're going to have some scheduling stuff uh, this next week. But uh, good thing that uh, we have uh, scheduled all this in the off season because, as we know, the NFL <laughs> off season is uh, a little bit up and down. So. Um, if you're a regular listener and you're wondering why, you know, we've only had a couple episodes here over the next uh, couple weeks here or so, or over the past couple weeks, um, there you go, uh, trying to, uh, you know, do all our stuff we need to do before the, the action heats up, as we know in the NFL, that's pretty much all the time. So um, you can you can take those uh, scheduling uh, availabilities where you can get them, is that right, Dylan? Yeah, I mean, if we had to, I would be fine recording in Hawaii this coming week. But you know, I'll, I'll take I'll take doing this one. We'll, we'll probably be back in a couple of weeks after this. Um, but yeah, we obviously you know schedule these kind of things in the off season because once once football starts, it's it's hard to focus on a lot else for for us here. So uh, yeah, I mean, we're it, it is a it is a good point. I guess the off season not a ton happening. Still a lot to talk about though on this episode today in the last couple of weeks, especially with a couple of star players. But then uh, we won't be hopefully too far away from a few more headlines, obviously more so in July when training camp starts as a really pick up, but still uh, some things to be settled and sorted out before then. Yeah. Well, like I said, last week wasn't really a scheduling. I was under the weather and uh, did not have a voice. So uh, you would have heard <laughs> me try to uh, point out a lot of different stuff that you probably would not have uh, deemed audible. Uh, here on this podcast while Dylan tried to react to it. Although that, that could have been a pretty funny episode now that I think about it. Um, maybe Missed not so opportunity. Yeah, we, we should have just not tried you, to. Though. <laughs> no, I was going to say, let, letting Dylan decipher what was uh, coming out of my mouth, that would have been uh, something that very interesting and a unique podcast for us. But um, no, we, we like we said, this is kind of one of those uh, spots where, um, you know, not a ton happening. But uh, Dylan, uh, before you head to the Pro Bowl there in Hawaii, <laughs> um, your location uh, here over the next week. I, this is kind of that point, though, where it could be sort of a turning point in the NFL offseason where, um, you know, trade, as we know, there, there's always discussion about trades. But really, um, there are two players in particular here as we, you know, hit June 1st where the conversations could really start to heat up. And these are the main two that have had all the focus uh, over the past, you know, month or more now. Mm -hmm. um, and that is, of course, Aaron Rodgers and Julio Jones. Uh, we had kind of mentioned, I mean, almost in passing about the Julio deal, I think on one of our previous episodes of the podcast. Of course, we've talked a lot about the Aaron Rodgers one, but the Julio one has really started to, to crank up a bit um, in terms of where things are at there. Of course, it all came from the interview and, and ever, all the fallout of that. And uh, it's just kind of been one of those uh, roller coasters you expect when it comes to trade rumors. But um, this is kind of that point based on um, the salary cap and all that, where when the calendar hits June 1st in the NFL, uh, at least right now, that's when things get interesting trade-wise. Yeah, those two in particular, uh, and we'll focus on those guys. I think some other ones that have been mentioned, Jalen Smith of the Cowboys, Daniel, uh, Daniel Hunter, 
the Vikings. There's a number of guys that, and even Zach Ertz of the Eagles, guys that the deals, yeah, have become a lot more palatable for both sides, mostly for the, the team that is trading away players. The, the dead cap hit, as we know, and the, the, the ramifications from those can be really massive. But on June 1st, for a lot of these guys, uh, I have Aaron Rodgers pulled up. If, for example, if they had traded him before June 1st, Packers would have held a dead cap of over just from this one deal. I'm, I'm not sure what their total dead cap number is uh, outside of Aaron if they do trade him. But it would have been 38.356 million uh, with a with no cap savings, actually negative cap savings. Uh, whereas if they trade him now, uh, they will save over 16 million on the cap this year. The dead cap hit still the same number, just split out between 2021 and 2022. And uh, since we've last talked, I, it hasn't, I, you know, it doesn't get finalized till the actual year. But the projection, or at least the expectation, is that in 2022 the cap will rebound past what it was in 2020. Um, uh, and you know, so this year it might just be kind of a, a little bit of a, teams aren't going to be as concerned, I guess, about the 2022 dead cap number. Adding might as well push it back to that point, not have it have as big of an impact this year where. Uh, every dollar counts, and a lot of teams, the, the kind of the middle middle sections of the rosters for certain teams that are are gutted, and they become even more top heavy. So, uh, more of an opportunity for other teams to step up that do have that flexibility at this point. Uh, it's not the same exact uh, scenario for Julio, but similar. Uh, over 23 million in dead cap if they had traded him before June 1st. Now that number gets split between uh, just over 7 million in dead cap only in 2021, 2022 would it be eight, uh, 15 and they'd save over 15 million on the cap. So these trades are by the time we next, uh, by the time we talk to you next, uh, well, I'd love it if one of these trades happened while we're recording, <laughs> if anything, will probably happen right after. But uh, by the next time we talk to you guys, it's one of these guys might've been traded more likely. I think at this point, Julio, just based on what he said and what the expectation is with their, their team and their cap situation. Whereas, the latest uh, rumors I've seen with Aaron at least are saying they still will not trade him, aren't, aren't, uh, aren't considering it. But a lot can change within a couple of weeks, depending on uh, how he feels. Who knows what kind of meetings I know he was in Hawaii. Maybe I can try to find Aaron while I was there. But um, still a lot of things to be sorted out. I don't think the Packers are in a rush, whereas the Falcons might be, um, once they get the deal that they want, they might pull the trigger pretty soon. Let's start with Julio. Um because this is one, of course, you've we've seen the rumors, all the stuff over the past couple of, like we said, I mean, it's been a couple of weeks now at this point. Um, the Titans were the team initially that I think a lot of people, there had been some links there and all that. But I know the Seahawks have kind of emerged as a team, at least in the past couple of days. There was an ESPN report that the Seahawks were discussing a trade. Um, and then that also, I think, added that the Titans had become a, a long shot, I think, was mm-hmm. um, what it was on that. So, I mean, look, there's, as we've said before, when it comes to, I think when we, we sort of mentioned it a little bit about Julio Jones, there's not going to be um, teams, a lack of interest, but it's a matter of, you know, what our team's going to be able to do when it comes for what the Falcons are going to ask for likely yeah in return and um you know i don't think the falcons are just going to sit there and give away julio jones that does not seem uh, likely and of course if you if you just use google um you can put in julio <laughs> jones and literally any team in the nfl behind his name and you're probably going to see an article out there of someone trying to dissect <laughs> how can this team get julio jones uh, but i think when it comes down to the realistic candidates um it's an interesting list because I, I don't know exactly what that list looks like. As we said, we can go by the reports of, you know, teams like the Seahawks and such, but um, it is an interesting thought process knowing that 
The problem with trying to project, I guess, where he could land is that you don't exactly know what that asking price is, but you do know that it's, it's a pretty high one uh, for the Falcons. Yeah, I don't remember who the initial report was from, but they said that at least they had, the Falcons had one offer with the first-round pick on the table. The, the latest uh, thing was uh, that we wrote about today was from uh, Josina Anderson, tweeted from a league source that said that the Falcons are asking for a lot, maybe an excessive amount. So may, maybe it's more than a first. I'm not exactly uh, sure, obviously, based on, on the reporting. It's just more of right now teams are a little hesitant just based on it, it feels like the Falcons know there's demand for him. And they're not going to just settle for the first first round pick that they got. I know the Rams have been interested, but man, they don't have any draft capital in in the short term, at least, to to trade. That's why the Seahawks make uh, more sense potentially. I mean, just imagine. I mean, you think about you know early in the offseason, some of the the concerns that uh, there were there were about Russell Wilson's level of happiness in Seattle, and it seems like that's died down completely. Uh, at this point, but he, I don't think he's going to be upset about the idea of having Julio on his team. Um, but like you're saying, it really depends on what a team's willing to give up. I mean, we can, like you said, we can talk about any team that would love to have a guy like Julio Jones. And even if he is in his early 30s, I, I don't think he's close to slowing down by any means. Sometimes the numbers for him are obviously skewed by the fact of the way he's defended. Um, it's just, a, you know, still a superb, superb player that makes younger, really amazing corners still look not that great when they when they line up against them. He's just you know one of the best receivers in this era, one of the best you know top ten, top five, whatever receivers you want to think about, probably by the end of his career of all time. Um, so a lot of teams like could have him or would love to have him. What that asking price is, man, that's that's where it gets tough. And I think eventually they'll they'll figure out a deal because even though the, the Falcons have some leverage with that level of demand, there's also the, the flip side where they're the team with the the really bad salary cap situation that's why they are so eager to make this trade um and, and save up so much money uh for this year they i, I guess they probably don't think that they're a team that is maybe going to contend right away i mean there's a mix of short-term goals here with atlanta and long term they still have matt ryan still have a shorter window with him so it's kind of confusing about what they're going to be able to do um but yeah you were talking about the team all the demand from different teams and how you can just google every team we yeah, our top, I think most of our NFL content on clutchpoints.com that's done really well lately is analyzing some of these possible trades. Uh, one of the more popular ones that actually people seem to respond well to is the Chargers deal. Um, that would be that would be interesting. I mean, they already have a really amazing uh, receiving corps, but they, they do have the draft capital in place for the future. I don't know how, you know, if they get Julio and they add it to that offense that they did last year with Brandon Staley coming in, how... I wonder how much the Falcons look into not just the team they're trading for or, you know, what the team has done recently, but what they project that team will do with Julio in, in tow. And I don't know, maybe that first round pick doesn't look so attractive <laughs> by the end of it with that offense there. Yeah. Well, I mean, as we know, there's just, there's lots of scenarios for how this could play out. And as we said, I mean, the Seahawks Titans seems like that. I don't know. Was it Albert Breer was the one that, People started running, uh, certainly with uh, the Chiefs as a potential option, which would, at that point, I mean, just just shut the league down. I don't, I mean, there's no reason to, to even play the games at that point. Um, I guess Bet Online put out their odds on Monday, and you know, we always we turn to Bet Online here, and the Seahawks are the odds-on favorites now. Mm. Um, they're a, slightly ahead of the Titans, and then slightly behind the Titans, the Patriots. Um, 
wouldn't that be something if, you know, like we said, we, we've talked about it a lot and you mentioned, I mean, just with the, the off season, the Patriots have had, if that was something they could pull off, um, as we know, Bill Belichick, not shy this off season on doing anything. Um, he is not a happy man apparently and uh, wants to, <laughs> to give them all the, the best they can find after watching Tom Brady win a Super Bowl in another uniform. Um, so they have the Seahawks, Titans, Patriots, all in that same sort of tier uh, in terms of odds. Then the Ravens, quite a bit behind that. Raiders, quite a bit behind them. Um, so I think, you know, again, these are odds. Um, this is not necessarily something that, you know, <laughs> if, hey, this is if you want to get into betting, right? If you think that there's a chance that the Chargers or someone like that, who right now the Chargers at plus 2,000, I mean, if you want to lay some money on that, you could be a big winner um, if that turns out to be the case. So, um, and I think the Chiefs are actually not even on the board or they're way down the list. So if for mm -hmm. some reason that, that just wild scenario unfolded, um, there's another one that you could make some money from. But um, yeah, so I mean, I think that's just kind of what it comes down to is you don't really know how this is going to play out. I guess right now, you know, if you have to choose who you think it's going to be, I mean, I just think, like you said, it, it all depends on the package and um, everything that comes along with the deal. Uh, but uh, I guess it is interesting to think about, you know, if it is the Seahawks or if it is the Titans, um, you know, what that can certainly do for both of those two teams in particular. I know Russell Wilson would be a very happy man. Uh, Titans, you know, I don't know. That's just to me, I don't know. Like, I get it, but I just, I don't know about the offense. I mean, you, you certainly can, you know, build your offense around a guy like Julio, but for some reason, I just don't know if I feel like that's as good of a fit as certainly would be the case, maybe like the Seahawks or something like that, even though, I mean, those are two teams, as we know, they don't mind running the ball. Um, but I I don't know, like that's, I think both of them are interesting fits, but I guess if I'm Julio and I'm looking at it, I mean, I guess you could say, you know, the path to a, a, a playoff spot is pretty probably fine with both although the titans and what we said could be potentially the worst division <laughs> in the nfl um not a bad option but uh, either way i mean i think it's interesting but you know having the chance to play with someone like russell wilson um that would probably be a very intriguing element should the seahawks be one of those teams that wind up uh, as the you know the front runner potentially yeah absolutely i, I the fit with seattle i mean with the, the receivers they already have there you know different player even though maybe their physicality and their build between him and dk metcalf is maybe similar they, they're very different players uh but just think about those two entire locket that is a scary trio i mean that's got to be probably the best re receiving trio uh in the nfl i'd have to go through and you know if we're including tight ends that might change a bit but um still that's a that's a frightening prospect for the and you know within that division i still think seattle obviously a, a team that won the division last year that is still going to be really competitive as long as they have russell wilson under center uh the, the titans the thing is like I, I and i would love to see that and i it would be fun again to see what he could do with Tannehill and that the way they've kind of reinvented that offense kind of be funny arthur smith gets traded uh, you know not traded signs with the falcons and he loses julio back to his old team that see how he works in that offense the titans yeah. on the, the thing about them is they have almost i think they have the yeah the fourth least cap space in the, in the nfl they just aren't a team that like they're they more falling in the line of where the falcons are in my mind like that their team that still needs to figure out the cap I and mean, they're they, they have more space they're not backed up the way that the falcons and saints are right up against it but uh that, i mean <laughs> 
I don't. I, it's just a lot more maneuvering has to happen for them. Seattle has a little, little over seven million dollars in cap space. This is from OverTheCap.com. So I mean, they that's that's more reasonable to 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 figure out what they can possibly do. That's why I think teams like the Chargers are a team that doesn't have to. They don't have to do any adjusting whatsoever with their current cap with with having close to twenty million. The Patriots are in an area with a little over sixteen million that would would. Uh, fit pretty well as uh, as you mentioned one of those teams that's favorited for him those odds I do not know how like as much as yeah you could you could uh, take a risk on the team like the Chargers maybe that is the more likely or at least the best bang for your buck is to go deeper down that board of the odds because I don't think the teams that are the three favorites the Seahawks Titans and Patriots I have no certainty <laughs> that they're like definitely the three teams with the, the highest odds really of getting them and if, if anything you know Seattle I get why they're the favorite but what are you? It's a still a really risky bet for plus one fifty. <laughs> like that is not. Yeah. That's not looking. Uh, you know, it's it's not a great return for how much you're really gambling in my mind. Um, it's something that maybe we'll get a little more, uh, a little more insight on now that we're past the June first date. Because um, right now, I mean, it, it seems like it changes every day. It's like the Rams are interested now; they're not. The Titans, even we had some content about I forget who the rumor came from, but they are getting less likely after being, you know, one of the more highly rumored teams early on. So it's it's really fluctuated a lot, and it's I mean, it gives us something. I think that's part of it too. Is <laughs> there's just not a lot happening. So all the focus is on you know on this Julio Jones situation. If you're an NFL fan, there's not really. A, a storyline outside of the Aaron Rodgers stuff that has slowed down maybe a bit since his interview uh, with Kenny Main on his last Sports Center. It's really since then it's kind of been a little slow. Whereas the Julio stuff's like every day a new team is is entering the entering the rumor mill on this thing and uh, and all the photoshops are out there. We've done them. And other other sites have done them as well. There's a lot of hype around the idea of Julio in your offense and what what that can mean uh, for your team and for him to go. You know, a guy that. Uh, so close, obviously, in, in the Super Bowl 51 to, to winning winning that game. One of the uh, most underrated catches, or maybe not underrated, but one of the uh, catches that isn't remembered as fondly as it should be because of the defeat for the Falcons, his sideline catch on a third and long yeah. on a drive that should have been the cementing drive if they if they're able to kick a field goal there. Uh, I mean, he's had you know, so many highlights over the course of his career, and now Obviously, as much as you'd want to see, it's, it's always fun seeing guys finish their careers with one team. The Falcons, it just isn't. And it, it's just, it's tough because they probably don't trade them or don't even think about this if the cap is where it had been a year ago. Because that that twenty million drop, I mean, that's essentially what you're dealing with here. Um, so I, I get it. The Fal- it's just a really tough spot. They're in the, that tweener stage right now, where it's like, are we competing now? Are we looking ahead? You can only do so much when when you're backed up the way they are against the cap. Yeah, it's who knows. I mean, I think that's kind of where you know with the Aaron Rodgers situation, like you said, I don't even I don't even know where you where you go with that. Like at this point, like I don't even know what is sort of the the reasonable expect expectation for how this could happen, like when this could happen, or anything at this point. I mean, because again, as we say, like every off season, this is where. At the start, like you sort of settle in on this stuff, and you're like, "All right, you know, here are the rumors." As it's, but but at some point, like a week later, it's like there are so many reports and so many rumors out there that it's impossible to sort of track what the fallout and and how everything could look uh, from that standpoint. And I don't know, like it's um, it's gonna be interesting, I guess, with with the whole Aaron Rodgers thing because, like you said, it's just. I mean, you, you don't really know where that's headed. Um, I mean, we as we talked, kind of when we did our 
our mega Aaron Rodgers episode, whenever that was, uh, you know, after the, <laughs> the draft or whatever. Um, you know, the, the 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 teams we were talking about were were the Broncos and the Raiders and teams like that. And I don't really know that there's anything out there to suggest that those are the teams. You know, those would be the teams. There's just not a whole lot to go off of based on you know it being a pretty a pretty tricky situation for the Packers uh, in terms of when they make this move. Like you said, the financial incentive to make this move at a certain time versus another time. Um, not to mention that you know uh, <laughs> this is your guy, and um, you certainly don't want to put yourself in a position where you go into you know training camp and then the you're just like, well, what do we do now? Um, so like, there's just, I'm, I'm very curious to see how this unfolds there, because as we've said, I mean, this is one where I just, I don't know that anything has sort of changed in terms of Aaron Rodgers stance, no matter what he says Mm -hmm. or or kind of what you can gather from, you know, whatever. I just feel like we're, we're still in the same spot and I don't really know where things go from here. Um, other than the fact that again, the Packers have more of an incentive to make this move at a certain time versus another, but um, it still feels like this is a dig your heels in and let's see who flinches kind of scenario with, with both of these. Yeah. I, oh, man. I mean, like you're saying on the timing, it's like with the Packers, there, there is urgency, but there's I, I feel like there's just less maybe. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong just in terms of they don't have to make this, this trade. Like there's nothing that, uh, you know, outside of – like at least from a salary cap point of view, in terms of yeah, the the effect is we get past these you know the voluntary workouts that he missed and get into the actual uh, mandatory stuff and uh, you know into July is more maybe where I would anticipate a trade happening. Whereas just with the Falcons, it, it feels like if they get the deal that they want, they're gonna just I think they'll pull the trigger at the right time because it, it's a team that it, it's there they have the incentive to do this deal. Like they're this trade is coming like Julio is. It seems like from that that call on Shannon Sharps on uh, Undisputed, yeah. it seems like he's completely fine moving on, but it's also a, a team thing that they need to do it for their cap. Both sides have incentive for the deal. Whereas for the Packers side, it doesn't feel that way, obviously. It feels very one-sided in terms of where the where the demand to, to move on comes from. And as Aaron talked about, more so to do with the organization, at, uh, the culture, maybe more from the front office, it really seemed like he was, without saying Brian Gutekunst's name, he was implying it, that's who he was referring to when he complimented the coaches and then all of his teammates and the fans. It seemed like he had uh, one, uh, one person or at least one area of the organization that he was singling out. But from Green Bay's point of view, I just, I guess there's the, yeah, the impact, the drama that could, uh, could occur in the, you know, when they get to those camps if Aaron's not there and that, that storyline hanging over them. I feel like with the organization they have, they could handle that better than most. I also wonder if at that point where what Aaron's kind of point of view would be, if, if is he really willing to sit out one of his final however many seasons he's going to keep playing um, if they don't trade him? I, I just I, – I don't know if they're going to call his bluff or exactly what it is, but they might. Um, it, I just think that trade, that's more likely to, to linger, whereas this deal with Julio, the only thing with the Julio – I know that we are talking about the asking price – being uh, pretty high uh, in the minds of other teams. And that might be because, I mean, think about what DeAndre Hopkins got traded for not that long ago, yeah. like a younger receiver than Julio. And not there wasn't, you know, the same kind of draft capital that we're talking about here. So it's it's going to be, uh, you know, and you could argue at this point, like obviously <laughs> both really, you know, as we talk about fantasy all the time, top five, six fantasy receivers. But in terms of their age, I mean, Hopkins still had to, to 
my mind, probably have more value just because of that age figure, even if you think Julio's a better receiver. So it's uh, that's the part that might cause this uh, more of an issue for the Falcons. But I think they'll eventually relent and be like, you know, we have to do this. Whatever the best offer they get will be the one they take. But Green Bay, it's, it's uh, like you said, it hasn't really since everything exploded the night of the draft and within like a week or two after that, it's really slowed down to a, a, a glacial pace. It's just more of, you know, the latest things we have are Patrick Mahomes being interviewed at while he's golfing about what he would think about playing in the same division as Aaron Rodgers. That's the latest update, you know, that we have yeah. outside of the fact that um, there's no urgency from the, the Packers. And at this point, they're still not trying to trade him. That's the, the latest from the athletic uh, that I saw. I mean, the Bronco, in terms of the teams, I still think the Broncos, from all the, the points of view of where he wants to be, the, the conference thing, the cap space thing, the roster being ready to win uh, outside of the quarterback position, I do think they they still, to me, make the most sense. It's, it, quarterback's a lot different than receiver. Any team could use a great receiver, and obviously any team could use Aaron Rodgers as well, but there's a lot of teams that feel pretty good about where they are with their younger quarterbacks, want to see things out, don't have the kind of cap flexibility because Aaron's still going to take a lot more even than Julio to uh, kind of figure out in there so it just feels like whereas Julio could go in so many directions I even the Raiders thing I'm not uh, sold on that <laughs> really it's just based on like you know even if they do they still were a great offense last year still finishing the top 10 in DVOA Derek Carr still had a pretty good year uh, in terms of his all of his uh, advanced stat rankings it's just I feel like the Broncos are the team that makes the most sense uh and we'll see if he if Aaron gets traded in somewhere else. Obviously, we can analyze that at that point. We'll see if any other rumors come out at the, uh, you know moving forward. But I really don't think they're gonna trade him in the conference. Whereas for a receiver like Julio, you could see the Falcons be more likely to do that. Yeah, it's um, it's it's gonna be fascinating. That's that's what we know. And um, like you said, it's it's a situation where you just don't really you don't know how either one of these are gonna play out. And um, as we know, too, there, there may be other traits of, you know, stars that we're not even discussing because um, all of our attention, uh, as, as we've discussed, is really on these two in terms of kind of where they are right now um, with with their status. And um, that will I know I also saw an article from ESPN sort of talking about how if you're someone that's an odds maker right now and you're trying to figure out, you know, what to do with season odds and future odds and all that on like the Packers and the Falcons, how do you even, like, I don't even know what you do. Like, you've got to have uh, two, two sets ready because uh, that could drastically change uh, based on, you know, what happens with these trades and such. But uh, I guess, Dylan, as we said, there's just not a whole lot to go <laughs> off of right now on these two other than knowing that their name is going to continue to be in the headlines uh, when it comes to the possibility of these trades. But, I mean, really otherwise, in the NFL, I mean, there's just not a whole lot happening <laughs> Uh, when it comes to, you know, and, and this is not expected. We always say this, like May to about, you know, this point, mid-June, end of June. Like, it's just mm -hmm. this is where it stands in the NFL. And um, this is where we start rooting for these kind of trades because um, <laughs> that, that makes things a lot more interesting when it comes to trying to look ahead to the season because right now um, you, you kind of have what you have and uh, that's what you go off of. So Yeah, absolutely. I mean, hope it gives us a chance more so when we – the next uh, time you know in this next couple of weeks before things pick up to look more at the state of some of these rosters but like you said like more of a general kind of projection of where these rosters are after free agency and i know we've done that to a certain extent but 
Um, like you said, though, for a few teams, there's a lot that can change, especially for the Packers. I mean, those and wherever Aaron ends up. I mean, the, the odds for the Falcons to win their division probably still aren't going to be too high regardless. Maybe they'll go down a bit. Maybe they'll be behind another team. I don't know how how high um, or how much of an impact that Julio trade would have on that kind of thing. I think everyone still thinks Tampa is pretty clearly the best team in, yeah. in that division right now, uh, even if the Saints still have a lot of talented players, another team that the cap in this situation this year is really brutally affected. Um, but for the Packers, I mean, man, that's, that's a tough one. I mean, I, if any, I mean, I guess if anything, people are probably just more hesitant to, to place bets than they would be right now. I, maybe it's not a negative for them because if he gets traded, it's more of the team that he ends up on where, where the, where they might get, uh, end up being feeling it in their wallets in terms of obviously, like we, we mentioned, if you really feel confident about the Broncos getting Aaron Rodgers, the time to, to bet on that was <laughs> yes. uh, early on in, the, in this whole thing before the trades actually made, because uh, wherever he ends up, those odds are going to really flip green Bay's. I mean, they'll still end up falling back that we've, we kind of talked about that in the last episode to who is the favorite in that division, uh, if Aaron does get traded in the NFC North, kind of a weird, yeah, I mean, it, it still could be the Packers. I'm not, you know, we'll have to see what Jordan Love can do. I Very limited reporting, or, you know, there was reporting, a lot of reporting about it, but a lot, not limited uh, takeaways really from the voluntary workouts with Jordan Love's performance. There's only so much you can learn from uh, a few a few throws without pads and, and in the, you know, in the late May about where his uh, prospects are. So uh, there's a lot to, yeah, man, that's, I mean, still the story of this offseason, really, even with the Julio stuff currently dominating, it's still like the idea of Aaron Rodgers anywhere else and that whole thing is going to carry us all the way through whenever it gets resolved. And it, again, like we, like we talked about, I really don't feel like it's that's going to be anytime soon compared to this Julio situation where any, I, you know, it might linger into to July, but I wouldn't be surprised in, in, by the time we record next if Julio Jones is on a new team. Yep. We will see what happens there with the uh, trade possibilities and, uh, yeah, how it impacts uh, Julio Jones, Aaron Rodgers, and others uh, in the NFL as uh, the trade rumor season has already been here for a while. But uh, it <laughs> really starts to uh, go to another level now. So we'll see. Uh, what happens with those trades but uh dylan for now uh, lots of stuff happening over clutch points uh as we said it is the offseason nfl still a lot to discuss when it comes to you know the trade rumors looking ahead to next season even though as we know uh, we'll know a little bit more about so uh, how these rosters look once we get to training camp and all that but i uh, know we got a lot of stuff over there as well as uh, nba playoffs in full swing so let everybody know where they can find all of that yeah, in the Clutch Points app, you can follow every NBA playoff game along with all of our coverage, all the breakdowns, all the reactions, all the feedback after the games. Uh, looking ahead at each series, we've been update, uh, doing betting odd predictions for every single playoff game. We have running articles on series odds, series predictions, all that good stuff. You can find in the Clutch Points app in the NBA section or at clutchpoints.com. If you search NBA playoffs or NBA odds, all that content will pop up for NFL coverage yeah well breaking down we've pretty much broken down every uh every favored team at least maybe we should add a few more teams that might trade for julio and what the, those kind of deals could look like potentially um we'll continue to do that if you search julio jones on our website or in our app in the nfl section you can find all of that content still obviously all the coverage of anything happening in the nfl moving forward looking ahead at uh even we're, you know, we're really, you're mentioning there's not a lot, a lot happening. We're really getting into, and, and everything's performing well in terms of predicting undrafted free agents that make every roster. And those are actually, I mean, that's the kind of thing that NFL fans are reading about. Everyone's ready for 
uh, you know, this is that moment where we just take a deep breath on that side. But just enjoy the NBA playoffs. Enjoy MLB uh, regular season games. You can follow in the Clutch Points app as well. Yep, check it all out at uh, Clutch Points. And as always, uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use. You can find us there. Uh, just search for Establish the Pass. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Pass podcast.